This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. First things first when it comes to the Steelers offseason, and that's taking care of your own free agents. The new league year is going to start sometime around March, you know, usually the middle of March, and got to take care of your own housekeeping first before you go out there into free agency and bring more people back. And Absolutely, the Tikoifa. What was that? You like TCOB, TCOYFA, the Tikoifa. What does that mean? Taking care of your own free agents. We'll work on these things in the off the <laughs> mic, off the air. But sure, Tikoifa. Uh, we look Tikoifa, right? <laughs> that comes first, and we're gonna dust off a little old favorite here on Steelers Standard today to, you know, give you a gauge on what we feel for the upcoming unrestricted free agents on the Steelers roster, and that's a game we like to call Mm-hmm or Uh-uh. or as I like to call it. Mm-mm. Or yeah, uh-huh. the discernible ones. You have no idea get if it's it a positive or a negative. I can't ever it. get. I can't ever do it. But I'm just gonna go down the list here and name some guys. Spot Track does all the beautiful work for me and tells me who's Love gonna it. be up contract wise. So let's start at the tippy top. Defensive okay. end is what he's listed at Spot Track, but you know he bumps in the inside, plays defensive yep. tackle a lot. 28 years old, will be 29 by the start of next season. Mister Larry Ogunjobi. I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna agree with you and go. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta try to bring him back. But I think there are some people who are saying it's a little toss-up, if not, uh-uh. Yeah, I, I think that those people exist too. I think people want, you know, obviously to go through the draft to build up that defensive line, find that next Cam Hayward mm-hmm. guy, so Cam can kind of be a bridge towards him, not just you know jumping in and having to be the guy. But I, I think you try to sign this guy. Right now, the market value on Track has him about like $3.5 million per year. I think that's low. I think he's going to get more on the open market. I mean, he wasn't healthy this year, but he was able to finish a season and was right. very, very helpful in the Steelers' defensive uh, improvements from 32nd in the run defense to top 10 in run defense this year. So I would splash some money at Larry O. I if you were thinking next year as another, you know, dirty word time, rebuild year, and you're not really going to try to compete until 2024, 2025, maybe you let a guy like that walk and take a step back so you can take two steps forward in two years' time. But you know the Steelers. They went 9-8 and eight this year. Their mentality is going to be get into the playoffs and try to win a playoff game at the very least. So I, I think they're going to splash some money towards him, and I'm, I'm okay with it because – you know, he's still 29, so he's on the right side of 30. If his health stays somewhat intact, you could have three, four years of a really solid player there with Larry O. So I give it a firm mm-hmm for Larry O. I'd definitely bring him back. I'm with you, Tom. I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping Larry O and then using some draft capital on a guy in the defensive side, on that defensive line, just because... Why limit yourself to only bringing in one new piece if you're going to part ways with Larry O and, and draft or, or do the opposite, not draft and only keep Larry O? There's no reason to keep just one piece. And as you said, Cam Hayward, he's getting up there. He's still playing great football. Uh, was left off the APL Pro team this year. I would have been fine with even a second team spot from him. I don't know how that got missed. But he's not going to be around for forever. And Larry O, despite the constant injury, yeah, he was always on that on that injury report, but you didn't see him out of games for two, three, four weeks of a time. He was playing the majority of the season. 
So I have no problem with bringing him back. It's just that price tag. Where will that be set for him? You mentioned that right now you think it's currently lower than what he was actually that what he could actually earn in a new contract, whether it's with the Steelers or another team. We always have to keep in mind with these defensive guys, it's already the highest paid unit in the NFL. Can you really afford can you really afford to bring back another piece? One, especially that you only signed to a one year deal before this year because you were unsure of, of how important he would be. But I do think that he's a vital piece moving forward. You saw the improvement just by the eye test and statistically of the run stop game from 2021 to 2022. And I think Lario had a big part in that. So I think it would be a big mistake to say, even if you're going to go out and use some high draft capital on a defensive lineman, to just part ways with Lario and say, well, this guy will just replace Lario. And then you'll have two pieces on your defensive line when you could have Cam, Lario, and this new kid coming in via the draft. His cap hit last year was $8 million, Lario. Of all the upcoming free agents, you know, the Spot Trek has him listed in order from the most that it cost the Steelers last year uh, to the least. So he was the most expensive of the guys that are up now mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh. And, you know, that was only $1.5 million in base salary, but it was $6.5 million in a signing bonus when they signed him. There's a chance that, yeah, you give him more base salary. Like Spot Track said, it's looking at like 3.5 right now as far as their estimation is concerned. Yeah, you splash him a little bit more in base salary, but maybe that signing bonus isn't as hefty when you sign him to this contract, and maybe you get a little less of a cap hit at the end of the day when it comes to Larry Ogunjobi. It's it's not a back-breaking kind of signing. And since he was already in the Steelers organization, I just think it increases the chances of him coming back next year. Number two, we quarterback, got- going to be 28 years old, Mason Rudolph. Now, I think there's two sides to this. I was this. just going to say, I'm Because I go, think if you're the uh-uh, Steelers. And I think if I'm Mason Rudolph, it's, uh-uh, hell exactly. no am I coming back. So there's no, I don't think it matters what the Steelers want to do. I agree. Because Mason Rudolph is not going to want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. And I think the Steelers know that. So I think that they're not, you know, having these kind of thoughts in their head that, oh, we could bring Mason back on a year deal or a two-year deal. Maybe he's the backup or him and Mitch battle it out for I think they understand that the uh, the Mitch or the Mason Rudolph chapter as a Pittsburgh Steeler is done. Is, that book is, has been written, mm-hmm. and you know, quite frankly, they should have no hard feelings about it because he's handled it like a complete professional from day one. Uh, have you heard any like reporting even of Mason Rudolph being a little grumpy behind the scenes? You've heard some reporting about Mitch not being the happiest, right. and that's understandable on his side of things. But I'm just saying, from a guy that was even more hard done than Mitch Trubisky was, he's been a consummate pro. But I think he's been a consummate pro because in the back of his head, talking to his wife at home, talking to his agent, he's like, this is over. I'm done at the end of this year. This so I just over. need to get through this season. And he'll find a landing spot. I don't know if he'll find a starting spot, Tom. Maybe on like a really bad team if like a Houston or an Indianapolis need him and to work in a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young when they bring in those rookie quarterbacks for their teams. I I just don't know. I mean, nothing against Mason. I just don't know if he's really full of a full 17-game season starting quarterback caliber kind of guy. And to me, though, if I'm Mason Rudolph, it's a no-brainer. I got to get the hell out of Pittsburgh because no matter what, I'm not going to be starting here. I might as well try to find another team who could consider starting me 
and it's it's a shame just because you know a couple years ago what four years ago four seasons ago upcoming at this point there was an opening for Mason Rudolph to be the guy and it just did not work out with that that season where Ben Roethlisberger went down in week two and there was a lot of flip-flop a lot of wishy-washy between Mason and Duck Hodges that was his chance I think and the fact that he didn't start every game not necessarily just because of injury, but because of his quality of play, kind of let you in on who he really is as a quarterback in terms of what he can do for a team. Yeah, so he's going to have a market out there for sure as a backup. Yeah, as a backup. Dude, yeah. If I was the Dolphins, he'd be a guy I'd be interested in tabbing. You know, he's never right. getting hurt, and you need somebody that's going to be healthy ish behind Tua. So whenever you go to your backup, it's not Teddy Bridgewater. You get hurt. So I'm just saying there. There's definitely people out there that view him as a clear QB2 and are going to bring him in and go through training camp as QB2, and he's going to play a majority of the preseason games as QB2. Like, There will not be a threat of him losing his job to QB3 on another team next year. So exactly. He, he's going to look elsewhere, and I think it's a nice mutual split between both team and player. Yeah, I think Mason would have liked to have had more of a fair chance here in Pittsburgh. Of course, because the team this that drafted po- you. So. At this point, though, it's it's pretty obvious don't burn any bridges on either side, though. Correct. On your way out. Number three, inside linebacker, mm. going to be 25 years old, former top 10 pick, mm. Devin Bush. It's a, it's a resounding, uh-uh. No way, no how is Devin Bush coming back if it were up to me. Uh, he made $4.717 million last year. At least that's what his cap hit was. His average annual salary, it's only going to be about $3 million. Uh, people that he's comparable to are like TJ Edwards, Denzel Perryman, Alex Anzalone. Uh, all those guys not top 10 picks, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where you drafted this guy, and he has been underwhelming since day one. I, I guess there's a little bit of a chance because, you know, the inside linebacker room is so thin and maybe the Edmonds things happens to Bush this year where he goes out to the market and no one wants him, and he has to crawl back on a very, very cheap deal. Even then, though, I just don't see that happening. The The guy couldn't even get on the field at the end of the year between in the games between the Ravens and the Browns. They started Robert Spillane in his place. He was getting more snaps than even Miles Jack, not just Devin right. Bush. No. Uh, it's clear what their mindset was, and – and those were two divisional games that he said. So when Tomlin after the game says, yeah, it was uh, not injury-related. It was based on the matchups that we had to sit Devin Bush down. Those are teams you play twice every mm-hmm. year. And that's the brand of football that you're going up against six times a year in the AFC North. And for him to not be able to be on the field in the last two games of the year when you were needing to win them to keep your playoff hope alive, I think that tells you all you need to know about where they view Devin Bush as an organization and I I don't even think it is like Edmonds where it's like if no one's signing you and you're out there we'll bring you back for the cheap because Edmonds never got sat down at the end of 2022 against the Browns and the Ravens when they were trying to make the playoffs you know he was relied upon him still he he was a key piece to those wins I mean obviously among many others but Edmonds as you said wasn't considered someone who was could have been a detriment and could have cost them one of those games, and that's probably a reason why Devin Bush saw his snap count go significantly down toward the end of the season. It was just those games were really just 
the the cherry on top to what is the worst Sunday you'll ever eat in your entire life, right? Instead of nice. ice cream, instead of ice cream and chocolate chips, it's sour cream and onions, a la Michael Scott in the office break room. You just do not want to eat it, but Devin Bush was that final piece to that horrific scene. And it's a shame, Tom, because the Steelers rarely, rarely mess up like this in the draft. And I don't think it's unfair to call Devin Bush the biggest bust in the Kevin Colbert era. Unfair? I don't think I it's don't, unfair. Uh, uh, I don't think it's unfair. Uh, the draft capital, the I way you got right. to that draft I capital. Right. I think you're right. I don't see, because like, you look at other ones, like Artie Burns. You didn't trade up for him. And, that and was just a miss on Artie the first Burns round pick. and uh, Jarvis Jones. Didn't trade up for him. Just, right. And, just and also, and Jarvis miss. Jones was like an 18th overall pick. Artie was like the 25th or 26th yes, overall yes, pick. Yes, yes. You traded up to the top 10 to get, to get Devin Bush. Shazier, to get the next Shazier. To get your yeah. guy to replace you. Again, I mean, we could do a whole episode of this in the offseason. They just have not been able to replace that Shazier injury. It has been a plague on them ever since he went down in that Cincinnati game. It, it, it's, it's, it's really set the defense back when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And it, we, it's weird to say that because there's so many great pieces. of The de- player on the defense won the Defensive Player of the Year award just last year. Mm-hmm. But it really set that defense back in a way because he was going to be an all-pro, was an all-pro caliber player, and you haven't even been able to get to average after him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Has the best been Miles Jack early this year that you've seen since the departure of Shazier? Oh man, that's. I mean, you could say Vince Williams. Yeah, like he shortly had his thereafter. Own, like, role, though, right? Like, it wasn't like niche. a number one he's starting a guy. He's a good yeah. two, and he needed Bush to be a one. Maybe that's why he retired. He was like, hey, "This guy ain't a number one. I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. All right, number four. This is a for sure. Uh huh. Bring that guy on back. Hit me. Cam Sutton, cornerback. Oh come on. Going to be 28. Come on, man. 28 years old. <laughs> this is. Why are we even doing? Why are we even including Cam in this? Because this is no brainer. I will say this though. If your idea was let's rebuild again this year and go to 2024, maybe it is a good idea to let him walk. He's going to be expensive. You're going to have to probably overpay for him because he's Mm -hmm. been playing so well. Um, So if your mentality was we're not winning until 2024, let's spend two seasons building up this the secondary in the cornerback room. Maybe let Cam Sutton walk. But again, they what would you be you be shooting yourself in the foot? But first of all, they want to win this coming year. That's Mm -hmm. fact. So we got to. approach things in that lens cam sutton is their best cornerback right now he cannot be their right. best cornerback on a contending team though he's got to fall into that number two number three range correct yeah so and great in nickel as a slot guy it's what he does best you're so thin in that room as it begins and you're so desperately searching for that number one You've thrown so much stuff at the wall. You wanted a Keller Witherspoon to be your number one at one point. Could Levi Wallace step up and be more than a number two? He couldn't. Uh, you bring in Jackson, William was... Jackson from Washington. We don't know what he even looks like because right. he never played a, a game this year. So I just think don't cut off your number two while you still need to find a number one. Then all of a sudden you're, you need to find a completely yeah, new quarterback. Yeah, then you're completely A scrambling. completely new secondary. So I, I think they're stuck having to sign Cam Sutton. And I don't think it's a bad place to be stuck in because he's going to help your defense next year, and he is a above average to good cornerback. The the um, prediction seven point six million from Spot Track. That'd be yeah. about a three million dollar raise, four million dollar raise. I think you got to make that. I think you got to make that sign that check. You have to make that increase in pay. 
Yeah, I have no problem doing that, Tom, because this guy is completely in- integral to the success of your secondary, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about the safeties and those that three-headed, you could call it a monster, maybe like a mini monster, just because one of the heads is so much bigger than the other two. But you did yourself such a favor by going out and signing DeMonte Casey to have a third guy in that locker room or, or in that roster spot. But I think the point you made early on is the best point you've made about the Cam Sutton case is why get rid of your number two guy when you're still looking for your number one guy? That, I think, is the biggest reason to bring him back because you cannot be left with a bunch of third stringers exactly. starting. Right? You would have third, you would have three guys starting as you would have three guys starting who are third string caliber players Levi Wallace being the only one who could be number two but again then you're but just he is a number two exactly he's I a, number to be two. a number three if he I would be... have no if it's a stud cam Sutton, and then you go nickel Sutton bumps inside and, and then Levi you bring Levi. outside yep. I think that's ideal for the second I mean that's what you did when you had guys like Joe Hayden and Steve Nelson you bumped Cam Sutton inside Mike Hilton inside you oh my Sutton god inside. I don't even, I don't want to talk, talk about, about Mike Hilton. Hilton I don't want to talk about him him and Hargrave those two hurt yeah the first cut is the <laughs> deepest Hargrave I miss you they're both such studs and I mean Hargrave is a legit stud. Hilton is just I think Hilton a spe- is a stud. A I mean you saw like, him against Buffalo. He's like on a, that non it was like a tuck rule play essentially on Josh he's Allen. He's like a lefty out of a bullpen. Right. Like he's just a specialist. Mm-hmm. Like blitzing from the corner, playmaking ability. He's he's just got this niche carved out perfectly for him and he's like the best at that role. And yeah, it pains me to see him leave, but you chose Sutton. You know, it was kind of between those two back then, and I think the the decision was Sutton's better in coverage than Hilton, so we're going to keep Sutton. And I think they're right about that. I think Sutton is better as a cover corner than Hilton is. Don't let this guy walk now because three years ago you kind of made the choice between those two. Mm-hmm. And now if they're both going to be gone, I think that just sets you back. So I think Sutton's a for sure. Mm-hmm. I want him back. Mm-hmm. All right, this one's tricky. Okay. I like a toss-up. Fullback. Be thirty, Mr. Derek Watt. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go in the direction which the Watt family may not send me a Christmas card this year for it. I might go. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh huh. I want him back, but uh, it's gotta be at the right price. price. Yeah. It has to be at the right. That's price. fair. That's fair because three point two five million. It's clear you're no overpaying. Way you can do that anymore. Right, right, right. And now that you have T.J. Watt, you know, kind of signed long term. Is there really any need to keep Derek Watt around? No, there's not, other than what Derek Watt brings you on the field. There's nothing, you know, off the field that you'd need him for. Um, but I I can't afford to pay him that much money. It is a business, and I know you do run the risk if you let him go of TJ maybe, not publicly because I don't think he's this type of player, but behind closed doors making a bit uh-huh. of a stink to the front office, and he certainly has the ability to swing that power around now. He's the highest, one of the highest-paid players on the team. and. Right. As far as status is concerned, he's the best player on the team right now. So uh, you might have some uncomfortable moments with TJ, but he's got to also realize that it's a business. And if Derek can get more money than we're offering on the open market, Derek's got to take more money on the open market. You know, we kind of overpaid him last time. Who are we to say that another team's not going to overpay him this time? Mm -hmm. I don't think he would get overpaid, though. I think you can drop that salary down to maybe like a mil, maybe a little over a mil. 
I think there would be some people though, who have a problem with paying him at least that. I don't think I would, though, because we saw his usage go up this year right. for sure. And he was effective and when called yeah, upon. He always gets a, a yard or, right. or two yards. And I also think he's a core special teamer and just a good football player. So I would keep him around if the price is right. Uh, and I think the price should be right. I think Derek needs to be realistic on his end of things. Understand he was overpaid for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. We can't take that money back. You know I mean, that's in your bank account, Derek. What good for you? Take a take less this time around and stay in a situation that I, I'm sure you're very comfortable in and like to be in. Mm-hmm. I would have no problem with that if it's at the right price. But if they do let him go, one more thing. If they do let him go, it's I don't think it hurts the team at all. No, because you substitute him in for Connor Hayward, and Connor Hayward's just as Effective as a bowling ball or an offensive weapon. Or you weapon. just don't use fullback, which... Give the ball to Najee yeah, or sneak it in with Kenny. don't use fullback. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's wouldn't be uh, abnormal for an NFL team in 2023 to not have a fullback. Most teams don't. Right, so... And, and teams that have them are like Ricards, who are like guards who have the ability to run fast, or use checks, who are just a different weapon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Derek Watt's a bit of an old, dying breed, but again... I, I wouldn't be outrageously upset if the contract came in and it was like Steelers signed Derek Watt for two years, one point four million per. I'd be like, okay, I'm sure that wouldn't hurt them cap wise. Right, it'd be it'd be a small blemish, and it really wouldn't. You wouldn't assume it would affect a bigger contract that you need to go out there and, and get done. But again, I think the 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 contract he was c- currently playing on. It's gonna leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Just if even if it at even even if this new contract comes at the right price, people are going to say, "Well, how are we paying this guy again?" Yeah, it's just it's too much money. If if you had made that first contract a reasonable price, and then you you add to that this new contract, which could be the same or even less than that one, then I don't think anyone would have an issue. It was just the fact that you were paying him three million dollars per year. For so long. What, for three years before yeah. that? Tyson Alu Alu. Gonna be 36 year old defensive end. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. And I really hope he does the Steelers a favor and just decides to hang it up anyway. And I don't even know if it would be doing the Steelers a favor because I don't think the Steelers have any interest in bringing him back. But he's gotta just hang it up anyway, don't you think? I, I think it's time for him to move on. Yeah, it's sad because you thought. The return of Tyson was going to be the key to improving the run game and getting that defensive line back to the, the formidable three unit. This year right. Between Ogan Joby and Hayward. It could have I mean, even been the number two. In our minds, it wouldn't have been with Ogan Joby's injury problems coming into the season. Wouldn't have been far fetched if he was number two. And he just fell off a cliff this year. Saw the total drop off of his career. And right. hey, he's 36 years old, or he's going to be 36 years old. Plays he's at there. a position on a defensive line. That's. That's tough to Not do easy. for you know twelve plus years in the league. So, I just think his time has come. Definitely not going to be back as a Steeler. Maybe another team gives him a shot, but I I wouldn't. I would kind of let him. I'm go. with you. I mean, again, he was supposed to help Lario. It was supposed to be a two person job between him and Lario to kind of guide that next unit or that next class of guys of that defensive front. Once Cam Hayward decided to hang it up, and even though he's older, like can't it's just they were all supposed to be part of that regime of that transition phase, and his time was just very short. And I wonder how much his season-ending injury had to do with this, 
this drop off this year when he had that injury in 2020 or I'm sorry in 2021. 2021, yeah. If he doesn't go down, you don't know. But yeah, those it's are tough just to recover from injuries. Yeah, right. The older you get, that's no especially ones that. that keep you out for as long as that one did. All right, a couple safeties coming up here. And I can't believe that this guy made more money last year, just slightly, just slightly by a couple grand, but still made more money this year than this next guy. First up, Marcus Allen, safety, 26 years old. Uh-uh. No need for him. No need for him. He doesn't even get on the field defensively, really, and in any sub package. And you know his off-the-field issues. Causes headaches. Yeah, right. And yeah, it's he's distractions. great locker room guy. I mean, he always is at the center of those videos after wins, and it, I clearly, clearly but can tell that the team likes him. But that's kind of, when you think of contributions to the team, that's kind of where it starts and ends, I, I, doesn't it? For him, and, like, where's the big special teams plays? Where's he had the, one uh, where on that sneak, right? Yeah. On that fake punt, and that's all I can really remember from him. Yeah, so I just... That that seems play, like dead weight right now to me and a well, guy that I would get rid of. It was that play and the one where he got he got called for as excessive celebration or, or unsportsmanlike conduct on the sideline. Panthers game. It was crazy. Right. I've never seen somebody go into another team's huddle like that. Maybe the Steelers said to themselves, you know, people want us to get rid of this guy. What he did wasn't cool. We can keep him for the rest of the season, but his contract's up at the end of the year, and we'll mm-hmm. just you know, professionally walk away at that point. Maybe that's what their thought process was, but I just don't see him coming back. The other hand, though, Terrell Edmonds, who is younger than him, got paid a couple grand less than him last year. And better. That's a big, uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I need Terrell Edmonds to Absolutely. come back, I think. Absolutely, I, I just, the guy not only, uh, it's weird. He missed two games this year, I believe. But I think it was his best year performance-wise, yes. as opposed to never missing games beforehand. And just being, you know, an average player. I like it. So he's still uh, as available as ever. You know, you play 15 games in the NFL season. That's still damn good. And he's becoming a more effective player as well. And the chemistry between him and Minka just grows and grows and grows. You couldn't do this then because you just didn't know what he was going to become this year. But I wish they had him in a longer-term deal than just that one-year deal that they had last year because he's going to become more expensive Right. It was two point five million. But I don't last blame year. them for doing no, they that because do you year. didn't know. According to Spot Track, he's due for like about a four million dollar raise. And I think you gotta make that money. You gotta make that move money wise. He he might be the as far as players on the roster are concerned, it's probably him, then Cam Sutton, then Ogan Joby as my top three guys I really want to bring back or need yeah. to bring back. I know I I agree. And you said he's number one, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm putting him in number him one. Him or Sutton. It's just I think I'm gonna put him in number one. Yeah. Not to say that Sutton and Larry O are, are that much farther or further down, but I just think given his play, and again, we we've given him credit every year of his career. He's got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And then this year is where he took his leap. And and I still think, by the way, he could take an even bigger leap next year. He's still 26 right. years old. He's still super yeah. young. And, Tom, we know his body hasn't been just completely worn down by injuries left and right or, or every year. He's been an Iron Man of sorts for this team. Two more. Okay. Inside backer, Robert Spillane, going to be 27 years old. It's I a toss-up. I think they're going to go, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. bring him back, and hopefully he's a number three 
But again, you kind of went into this year as him hopefully being a number right. three and then wake up week 17 and he's your number one inside linebacker. The reason I said it's a toss-up is because I don't see the Steelers bringing back Miles Shaq. I don't see them bringing back I don't Jack. see them for sure not bringing back Devin Bush. Are you really going to move forward into an offseason with zero inside linebackers if you also choose to part ways with Robert Spillane? And then bring in guys that may be better uh, skill-wise, but have just they're starting from zero. When right, it comes and to they the, don't have a teammate playing next to him who plays that same position to say like, like oh, this, this check means this. We've right. done this like this for the past two years under Austin. Right, like it's it would be completely flying blind. And I think there is value to having someone there that does. I think the Steelers put maybe a little too much value into players that have been in the system, been in the organization before, and understand how things are done. Uh-huh. But I do think there is value to be placed into that. Sure, maybe not as much as the team does. But certainly, it can be a, a, a an asset, For and sure. I think I I would bring Spillane back on a cheap deal as a number three, extremely cheap deal, yeah. And then finally, a guy that I don't think they're gonna bring back, but I want him, Demonte KZ. I think it's gonna be an uh uh-uh uh. You think so? Because I think he's going to get looks on the open market, and teams are gonna be like, "You're our starting safety." Like, I mean, he is a starting safety. Yeah, and I want to see those three. Again, where you can move Edmonds around and Minka around and have KZ at center field. We we were robbed of a full season of that right. with injury and suspensions. Suspensions, yeah. I just think that when KZ played, though, he showed that he is an impact player. Had a couple of interceptions, led the league in interceptions just a few ba- years back. I see it. Got team. a couple more in his limited time playing with the Steelers. With the Steelers maybe focused on Edmonds and focused on Ogan Joby and then focused on maybe the other Edmonds or somebody else out on the market. Sure. I think maybe KZ goes to another team. Kind of gets lost in the fray. Another team pays him more attention. And not only pays him more attention, pays him more money and has a promise of more playing time. You're not going to be with a trio of safeties. You're going to be one of the two. You're probably going to be number one. Maybe. Is, yeah. is what you're thinking of that you're capable of doing. So I'm going to go uh-uh on KZ, but yeah, that's predictive only. If it were up to me, it would be mm-hmm for sure because I want those trio safeties Absolutely. back. I guess there is one more that I did want to bring up. Who was, oh, yeah, Steven Sims, but he's restricted free agent. Okay, so. They're going to offer him and make him an And I don't sheet. know. I can't see. Another team looking to pay him more than, what, a fourth-string receiver salary? Yeah. He was really good in flashes here, but I think that's something that we're only going to be able to glean. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to, I think, look at the film and see that catch he made against Baltimore and be like, that's the guy we need to go out and sign this offseason, or we have to go and offer him so much more that the Steelers can't match the offer sheet and he becomes our player. So I think Sims is in a point in his career where – the breakout isn't until maybe next year, if there is going to be a breakout. But I think it's somebody that the Steelers should invest at least another year's time into because at the very least, I think he was an effective kick and punt returner, which is something they've been searching for desperately. Yeah, I mean, the Gunnar Olszewski... The Ryan Switzers, I mean... Failures. It's been bad. Utter failures. Ray Ray wasn't even that great either. So I, I think it's time to have somebody for... Yeah, and, I, and again, as a restricted free agent, yes, you got I think it's control. very likely that he can come back as a Steeler next year. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio at any time, anywhere. Just It's through your smart speaker, and all you have to do is say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio from my heart, and Alexa is going to take care of the rest. When we come back, I want to look at the rest of the AFC North. 
maybe a little bit of a state oh. of the union a little bit. Uh, talk about some guy who's still playing in the playoffs that might be running roughshod over this division for a long time. For what it seems like forever already. And talk about the gap, really, between the Steelers and that team at the top for the past two seasons. So we'll get into all that, do a little AFC North whip around when we come back. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard.